Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to our fourth episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We start off every episode saying, yay! It's yes. just because we're so excited to be doing this again. Yes. Yes, we are. I hope everyone's week was good. How was your week? My week was, it was good. You know, we're slowly getting back into the swing of things, so it's been good. Yeah. New year, new you. New year, new me. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> you know what? That's a good segue into this week's episode, which is women in the workplace. And this is a subject that Regina and I talk about all the the time. Literally I feel like it was all the, the thing that we like bonded over. Yeah, it's what really kickstarted kickstarted off our friendship because we're we're sharing just stories that we're going through while working at the YouTube company we both were at, and then it was like a connection. Um, but I did want to start off by saying that the topic this week about women in the workplace isn't our way of trying to tackle on this huge subject of sexism in the workplace for women in general and the inequalities and injustices. It's really just like, yeah, it's really just our way to just share our own experiences in our careers and what we've encountered. And hopefully on your end, you can either relate to it or or feel like oh i didn't know that that was a thing and that's totally okay exactly we're no way in no way claiming that we're experts we're just merely kind of giving our um our experiences and kind of giving you our opinion and telling you how we felt when we were going through those situations yeah so none of these like stories are supposed to contribute to like it's in no means facts or statistics or whatever it's just our opinions and how we felt uh, <laughs> our experiences played out in in the workplace. Exactly. So, Regina, actually, you should kind of give a background to where you currently work at now and kind of your position so that people kind of know what do you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, as I've kind of mentioned before, I do work in corporate America now. <laughs> um, I work for a large media company, and I can definitely say that the experience has been really eye-opening. You know, in my in in last week's episode, I kind of talked about how you know I really strived to work at this large media company, thinking that it would kind of give me that validation, um, and so you know, when you go into a large company, you kind of expect the company to have, to have their life together, you know, to, to kind of know what's going on. Um, but you know, I've also discovered that our, our company does function as a startup and there's still a lot of stuff that's up in the air. And so, um, it's been a really interesting environment to work in. It, it feels a little bit like a startup underneath this kind of big umbrella company. And, um, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself. So what do you do there? What is your position? So for this large company, I do work for the um, podcast network there. And so my main job kind of started off as, you know, coordinating the talent that we have for the network. And then it started slowly growing into um, more of an operational role. And then it became, you know, marketing and sales. And one thing led to another. And I feel like now I just kind of do a little bit of everything, um, which 
I feel is really beneficial for kind of this this time in my career, and I'm quite pleased with that. Um, but it's definitely it definitely has its struggles. You've told me yourself that oftentimes you find like you found yourself to be the only Asian person in the room and a woman in the room amongst other men and your coworkers and stuff, right? How has that experience been just in corporate and at your workplace? I, I, you know, this is one of the kind of like the newfound things kind of starting yeah. off the year. I've done a lot of, you know, self-reflection and I've realized that, you know, especially being home for the holidays a little while ago, um, I noticed that when I was home, my mom kept saying that I had a really aggressive personality. Like she was like, when you want something, you will kind of do anything, uh, you can, or, you know, that's in your willpower to get it. And I feel like that's really what I wanted when I moved to New York. I always felt like I was really wishy-washy on things. And, you know, I've kind of formed opinions based off of my surroundings. And I don't even know if they were necessarily my opinions, which is why um, I kind of wanted to move away from that. And I ended up choosing New York. Um, But, you know, being out here, it is a really competitive environment. And so if you really don't go and kind of try to grab what you want, like it will it does slip away. And so it's funny because like now when I go home, I feel like I'm too aggressive, you know, to be that, <laughs> that, you know, little Asian child. Um, and, but in New York, I'm like not aggressive enough. It's, it's such a weird balance because, you know, at work, I'm still very like, Oh, should I speak up? Uh, sh- should it, is this the right time to, to give my opinion? Um, I never really know. And, th- and that's something that I feel like I'm still really, really working through. And you're saying this because, I mean, you grew up in L.A., and then do you feel that people in New York in general are just more aggressive or at your workplace they're just more aggressive? I feel like people in New York do um, have the tendency to be a little more aggressive. Like, they're, they're, there are millions of people living in this tiny island, um, but there are only maybe a few opportunities. So for every opportunity, there are, like, thousands of other people who are fighting for the same thing. So I do really think that you have to be more focused and you do have to kind of push and shove a little bit your way to the top and like really make your voice known and make your voice heard. Um, and I think that that's something that I was never used to. I was kind of always very like, Oh, I'll go with the flow. I'm kind of okay with everything. Um, but this job has really proven to me like, no, I need to be really focused and I need to be always thinking ahead. And like every move, every step I make is supposed to help me get there. Right. And I think that really relates to just being an adult in general. Like you kind of get to a point where you have to create your own opportunities. And if you don't do it for yourself, no one else really will, unless you get really lucky with like a mentor or someone who's really, really looking out for you. But that's what I realized coming into the workplace and when working at the YouTube company, it's a creative space. And really, you have to stand up for the ideas that you really believe in. And the ones that the ideas that people do really stand behind, like the ones who bring it up and most impassioned about are the ones that usually the rest of the team will be like, okay, that's great. You take the lead on it. But then the ones like the people who are just kind of like, like for me, that's what I learned for myself. I, I didn't speak up in the beginning as much because I didn't feel as confident in my ideas or what I had to say. So I let uh, the boys in the company take the lead because it was their company. And in the process, I realized, hey, I have some ideas and I didn't fight for them the way I should have looking back now because I just kind of had that complex of like, oh, 
I mean, it's okay. We don't, we don't really have to do that or no, your idea. Let's, let's go with your idea. And who's to say that my idea wasn't, wasn't worth fighting for. You just have to have confidence because yeah, if you don't fight for it, then it's never going to exist. Yeah. It's never going to come into fruition. So yeah. And I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like for me, you know, especially growing up in an Asian household where there is that big focus on, you know, the elders speak first, the elders get what they want, da da da, or, you know, authority figure, it doesn't need to even necessarily need to be elders. I always felt like my opinion wasn't validated. Like, what I felt was just like, I just needed to suppress my feelings. Like, um, you know, at, at work, I've noticed sometimes, you know, I'm afraid to speak up because I feel like it's not my place. But when I do speak up, I feel like my opinion does get heard. And people always, you know, will turn back and be like, oh, wait, that was a really good point that you made. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, we don't really think about is the fact that, you know, when we were hired into these positions, when we took on these roles, our bosses, managers, um, teams had an expectation of like how much you would contribute. And they hired you because they take your opinion seriously. So why doubt yourself when you're actually there? Right. I think that's a good point. And, but then there are times where some people or some bosses keep you in that box. You know, they hire you as, a, as an assistant and they want to keep you mm-hmm. as an assistant. So for yourself to prove that you can handle bigger responsibilities, it really does come with being more confident in your projects, your ideas, taking initiative. And finding that balance is really hard. That's, that's something as a woman that I realized, and I say as a woman because I'm a woman. I don't know how it is for guys, but like as a woman, I really found that it was hard to find the balance of either being too assertive and being viewed as too emotional or too sensitive or being too nice and letting things like skate by or just like, oh, I'll, I just won't say anything because I don't want to cause trouble yeah. or you know, I don't, I don't want to be that person. You don't want to be perceived as bossy or, um, you know, aggressive. Like you wanted to kind of be seen as like the agreeable one. And like, um, that in itself, I feel like is kind of what a lot of women go through in the workplace. Like you don't want to upset anyone because you never know, you know, like women aren't supposed to upset other people in a workplace kind of mentality. There is that stigma and I'll go into my background Mm -hmm. of, um, my job before so people can kind of get a better like just get a better understanding of what I did before um I worked at a YouTube company as I got hired on as um I want to say assistant but just kind of a producer in training and we made short films and I had no training or I didn't study anything in film I was an event planner and I learned along the way and at this company I stayed there for five years and I grew to be kind of like the office manager, the mommy of the the company because we were such a small company. Um, I became HR manager. I hired people. I managed our tours, I events. I pretty much just did everything there. And it was a transition from going from like not being confident in my position and my experience because it didn't relate to the actual position to taking ownership of my ideas and creative ideas because being a producer is really a lot of it's just logistics and it's pretty dry like scheduling and you know money and like just tasks and stuff like that managing people but then 
in the creative end, I felt like I had ideas for shorts and projects and I, my voice kind of grew, grew along the way and my confidence behind that grew as well. But I felt like my biggest hurdle, hurdle was that I, because it was, a, I literally was the only girl there. Regina was there for, um, I think we overlapped two years. Two or three years, yeah. We had like a little bit of an overlap. And I think that's where, you know, as we said before, like our friendship really blossomed um, because we found the same struggles. Like, I completely agree with you. Like, I, you know, when you're in a boys club, you do feel a sense of kind of pressure when you speak up because it does kind of feel like you're speaking up for women in general and not just for yourself. Well, I I felt that way after a while. At first, it was just my opinion, and I would insert it every so often. Um, But even though Regina and I... let me I just want to be clear that even though Regina and I overlapped, she was there part-time. Like, she was still going to school. So I was at the office every day, and we'd have meetings or discussions would come up, and I would be the only girl in the room. So... In, in those instances, if I did speak up, it would be just me. And what I mean by a boys club is that guys see things a certain way. And when you're in a room full of other guys that are like, I don't know what the issue is, Christine. Like, I don't think what, whatever you're bringing up right now, like, I don't think that's the case. And you have other the other guys in the room going, yeah, I know. I think it's fine. It's just you. And then after a while, like, I really internalized that. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's just me. And it actually made me stop speaking up. But after a while, I realized, well, the reason why it's just me is because I'm the only female voice in the room. I see things differently than you. It's just, it's just different. And the content that we made, 50% of our demographic, people who are watching us, were women, are women. So to me, I was like, hey, the script, the storyline, I don't know if it best represents this female character. Or I don't know if she would actually react this way. And many times I would either just, I, I would be shut down even before I would get to talk or mansplain over me. <laughs> oh man, mansplaining. <laughs> like, this, is the, this is the reason why, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. Can we go into mansplaining? Do you experience that at work? Completely. Every single day. And it's one of those things that I feel like I take a step back and I'm like, oh my are you really trying to explain this to me right now? Like, this is my full-time job. Like, I feel like I run into that experience quite often when, you know, I'm especially dealing with, like, older men or, you know, just older people in the industry who are who are kind of look at me as, like, fresh meat, you know, like, oh, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, but if it's something that I'm doing every single day, I'm pretty sure I know the system better than you do as, as much experience as you have in this situation, you know? And I feel like it's very belittling. We should define what mansplaining is in case, uh, people out there have never heard of the term, but mansplaining is basically when a man explains to you (laughs) kind of like the no brainer stuff, or they explain how you're feeling or how, you're dealing with the situation and they just talk over you basically. And you're just like, hello, this is my life. (laughs) And I was just talking. And they're like trying to explain to you why you're upset over something that like they said. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's like, you'll be saying an opinion. I'll be like, look, Christine, I think you're getting a little bit too sensitive about this. And like, you're taking it this way, but really the situation is like this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, 
thank you for trying to clarify, but I've been sitting here this entire time. I know what the situation has been. I don't need you to retell me what we just talked about right. two seconds and ago. And my opinion <laughs> and my emotions and my feelings are valid just purely by the fact that I feel them. Like, it doesn't need to necessarily make sense to you or it doesn't necessarily, you know, need you to explain to me how I feel or, like, why I'm feeling this way. Um, I feel like that's something that really does just get lost in translation. And honestly, I feel like a lot of guys don't realize that they do it. It's not saying that you can't, as a guy, you can't talk or express your opinion. But I think it it really is a thing when guys talk over women and they want to explain things to them before letting her finish what her point is. Because maybe if you just listen, she would be telling you exactly what you're about to say to her and you don't have to say it for her or explain it to her. So it, it is kind of that like, oh, I'm not sure you get it. So let me tell you before you talk. And that that to me is like, it is degrading. But moving on. From <laughs> we can talk about that all day. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is kind of goes in line with uh, basically not getting taken seriously when you talk. Just, just for the fact that they might not think that your opinion really is going to add anything. There are a lot of factors that could probably play into um, why they treat me the way they do. But I do feel like I'm, you know, in this constant battle of like having to speak up for myself and um, kind of, I, I feel like it's very, it's something that I'm still learning, obviously, you know, today I felt quite proud because I was in a meeting and, you know, we were kind of at a round table. We were watching another company present their product to us. And I spoke up on the things that were, that I was an expert in quote unquote expert in <laughs> compared to everyone else in the room. And so I felt proud, you know, uh, that, um, to finally be able to give my opinion or like to kind of ask the right questions based off of, you know, things that affected me on a daily basis. And I think it took me a really long time to get there because, um, you know, I have a coworker who's a male and, he's a lot more comfortable with expressing his opinion than I am. And that's something that I really admire about him. You know, um, on occasion, I feel like uh, we do kind of go back and forth where, you know, he's a lot more confident in what he says. So I feel like it overpowers me. But I think that I now look to him as kind of like an ins- like as an inspiration to be okay with speaking up for myself. And, you know, I have another female coworker where we kind of go back and forth. Um, you know, she encourages me to be like, no, take ownership of the work that you do because that's important. You know, when your manager comes and asks you, Hey, what have you been working on all day? You, and you list it and, you know, um, you kind of be like, Oh, but it's really not that big of a deal. Your VP is going to think that it's really not that big of a deal when, you know, you could have been pouring your heart and soul and working so hard on this project. Right. And I, that's definitely a thing when if you don't take yourself seriously, no one else is going to take you seriously. And it's not to try to make things a bigger deal than they are, but it is don't devalue yourself and what you do. That's kind of what I did at uh, this past company where there's I just handled so many things that I would just do without being asked. And I just took on, on myself and it just became way too much for one person to handle and kind of felt that it was definitely taken for granted because a lot of times they didn't even know that I was doing that. I was taking care of situations before they even became issues. And at the end of the day, that's the reason why I, you know, kind of kept 
getting responsibility added because they weren't they didn't see the entire picture nor was i letting them know that so it's not really a sense of bragging but it is just like yeah you have you do have to recognize what you are doing what it takes for you to do it and then along the way you build experience and expertise on it and it's like you earn the right to to have an opinion about things or to kind of give your input and your expert opinion about the, the very thing that you've been taking responsibility for. So I think there is that balance of, yeah, d- don't feel like you're bragging or that you're trying to like, you know, make yourself sound more important. I think you know when you're doing that, but also don't be embarrassed or too shy to speak up for the things that it's just you naturally have been doing. I think that it's kind of taking that ownership without like rubbing it in people's faces, you know, um, taking ownership and like showing them like, I think that one of the things that really helped me, um, in my kind of position was when I was asking for a promotion. Um, I didn't know how to go about it. This was my first time really having to approach a manager and being like, this is what I've done. And over the past year, you know, this is why I feel like I deserve a raise because I'm not good at talking about things that I, you know, that I've done and being like, look, you know, look at all the wonderful things that I've done without me. You guys would have been screwed. (laughs) Like I didn't want to say that. Um, so I think that that was like, that was when I really like had to kind of write down all the things that I could take ownership of and, um, kind of working through that and showing my boss, you know, I am, a, you know, proving that I am like kind of like a valued member, because if you just keep doing your job really well and you're like a well-functioned oil, like a well-functioned machine, um, people are just going to kind of start taking that for granted, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they really will. And I, I won't say that I haven't done that either. There are other people that I've worked with that I've definitely taken for granted, like the great work that they've done, because I was just like, oh, just Mm-hmm. It's just natural, right? But it's like that person put a lot of work to get there. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like over the summer, we had this amazing intern and she was so good at her job that it like yeah. was so seamless. Like she fit onto our team so seamlessly and like we didn't even realize it until she left that we're you like, oh my her. gosh. Like she did so much work for us and she was, yeah, I missed her so much. And like, she was so capable and, you know, helpful. And unfortunately I do have to say that like in corporate America, it does take you leaving before people realize like what an integral part of the company or the team you Uh, are. That's, it's not just corporate America. Like I think it's even at a like small company that we were at, it's even more so because like every person is like extremely needed unfortunately the world i guess does work that way um where like if you don't speak up and you don't kind of have the confidence in yourself to be like this is why i deserve a promotion it's really going to be overlooked and so that's when you really have to have the confidence in yourself to kind of look over the work that you've done for you know the past year past two years however long you've been working at this company to be like to really fight for yourself right and that's also a good way to Uh, I keep an open mind that perhaps in your mind you feel like, oh, I deserve this raise and I've done so many things, but perhaps on their end, they're like, there's things that you can improve on in order to get to this promotion. And you can evaluate like, okay, are these things that I really should build these skills on? I should um, work on, or perhaps this isn't the right company for me. And it really does come down to that. Sometimes management, they just don't get it. And 
but you have to start the conversation yourself because no one else is going to do that for you. Unless you really luck out and you get a great company and great managers who are constantly thinking about you and how you can grow in the company and how they can give back and stuff like that. As someone that became more on the manager's end, that that's what I realized um, hiring interns and assistants and helping them grow in the company too. And finding that balance of how to conduct myself as an authority figure and being like, cause I have the tendency of just being too nice and I don't want to like, I just not in a sense of want to be your friend, but then I want you to know that I believe in you. So I do put in a lot of like confidence in people that come in. I'm just like, Oh, you're doing great. You're doing wonderful and all that. But I realize it actually hurts them too, because I'm not letting them know how they can improve. And ultimately if they leave, those are the things that they'll carry with them to the next job. And it's like, Oh, you actually aren't as great as you thought, you know? So I myself had to find that voice of being an authority figure of not being too mean and also not being too nice. And it's not a one size fits all. It really does depend on the people that you're interacting with, the people that you're mentoring and the balance that works for yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we have to remember as managers, I mean, as of right now, I, um, you know, I manage about one intern, a, a quarter or semester. And even then I like struggle with it a lot because, you know, while I want to make sure that they're happy, I also want to make sure that they're meeting my expectations of, you know, what their job means. And so I completely know where you're coming from, where it's like, you want to be their best friend and you want to be like, Oh my gosh, this internship's going to be so great. You're going to learn so much. And you know, you're going to be helping out our team, et cetera. Um, but also kind of maintaining that authority figure, um, and not being too lax. Well, that's, I don't know, that's what I realized now being 32 and taking on these roles that, you know, it's like, oh, as women, what should you do in the workplace? How should you better represent yourself and women in general? I don't think there's like an answer for like one answer for everything. I really do think that it just takes, there's like a learning curve, especially since there are more and more women being in the workplace. And with more of us, there are more voices. And we may not, I'm not saying that as women, we all have to agree or we have to, like, our ideas are the best ideas. We just want to be part of the conversation. You know, we just want to be in the room. And I think as a woman, it is staying in the room and then letting yourself grow accordingly. So you don't have to get in the room and start like, okay, I have to be assertive. I have to talk about everything. I have to get my voice heard. Like, you just grow into it, but then feel confident in that whatever your idea is, if you're voicing it, you really have to be able to stand behind that. It's really going to contribute to make a positive difference in the company, in the project. It's not just for you to get heard or for you to get credit. And I think when you think about it that way, it's like, oh, okay, I'm like, it's, it's not such a end all be all thing. You really are just contributing the best way that you can with your experience, your knowledge, your training as a person, whether you're a woman or a guy. Mm -hmm. And always kind of like working towards that. Right. And unfortunately, I do think that the case is that there, there are stereotypes as women that we are fighting in our daily lives and that there are just more men in the workplace. That's just what I mean. Yes, in different industries, there are different statistics, right? But in that sense, 
there's a reason why many of us can relate to some of these stories that we read online of other people, other women in the industries, because these aren't things that we're making up as individuals. They're common experiences that actually bond us and they're happening for a reason. And I don't think that glass ceilings or stereotypes can be broken overnight. It is something that as an individual, you have to really um, see what really speaks to you, what you really want to fight for, but respecting other people as you do it. I think this just goes to show that, you know, women need to support women, especially in a workplace. Um, I think that for kind of the younger generation that's just getting into their careers, look, you know, try to seek out like a female mentor, whether it's in your workplace or at school. I think it's really helpful. And I think that that's something that I um, really found comfort in, you know, where whichever workplace or whichever school um, class, whatever, I always try to find someone who I felt like was could kind of be my um, mentor or be kind of like a representative of for me or, you know, if it was someone that I looked up to, it's like following after their footsteps. And so, you know, I hope that I can do the same. Like if there was someone who was struggling at work who, um, who was younger than me, like I hope that I can also be kind of that mentor to be like, I know exactly where you're coming from. I know, you know, I've gone through those same experiences. Um, I think it's kind of like paying it forward and kind of working together. It really is because, you know, if one succeeds, we all succeed. And like you said, it's just we need women in the room to be able to speak towards like not for women everywhere but it's just like we need your perspective it's not going to be the same as the boys in the room it's not or the men in the room i'm sorry yeah it can be something as easy like the message yeah as you said doesn't need to be like oh speaking up for women everywhere but it could be just to encourage another woman in the room to speak up and it could be like hey yes we need tampons in our bathroom just because you guys don't go through that I think that it's a good idea, you know? <laughs> it's, you know, things like that. And there's one last thing I did want to add is something that reflecting back is how you say things, is how you communicate, is the approach. And for me before, I think the reason why um, I contributed to me being ignored a lot or being viewed as too sensitive is because when I started to voice my opinion, I suppressed it so much before that when it finally came out, it was just like an explosion. And I was like, no, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Because the hundreds of times before that it, I couldn't even get my, finish my sentence. So when I finally like would inch my way in, it would just like be like a vomit of stuff. And it just be way, it's just overwhelming for any person so it was way more exaggerated than like what it probably was when you first started totally like it usually i i i I can totally relate to that yeah at work too where i felt like i just like bottled up all my emotions and by the time like i had to express it i was just i was getting so emotional you know i was like on the verge of tears and like that's not I mean, you know, now I can learn from past experiences. Like, it's not good to let something bottle up that inside you for so long. Because yeah. when it does finally come out, it comes out probably... It sends the wrong message. Um, it probably comes... It does make you seem more emotional than you actually were. Yeah, and the receiving end, it's like... They don't they don't hear what you're actually trying to say. Because they're too focused on the energy that Your you're reaction. out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's something to take note of that I'm working on myself. And, but that doesn't mean that 
if you cry, it's a bad thing. Like, I told myself that before. It's like, oh, I don't want to seem too emotional. I don't want to cry. I don't want to be that woman in the room and stuff like that. But then, like, I feel like that's just a business stereotype that has been the standard because it's been a male-dominated industry and guys don't cry. That's so unprofessional. You know, who set that rule? They did, you know? And I think, like, it's okay if you do cry. Don't, like, beat yourself up about it, you know, if, if that happens. I think, like, being too emotional and too sensitive is, is, I think, a bad stereotype. I think it's great to show emotions. But sometimes, yeah, you do... Uh, there's a difference between showing emotion and then keeping it bottled up and then letting yourself explode from that. So Yeah, and that's actually a topic that Christine and I uh, have uh, very different opinions on or just different experiences growing up, but we'll talk about that in a later episode. She, yeah, she literally was like, we have to do an episode about emotions because I have none. <laughs> I, I know. I, am, I'm the, I'm the, I have a dead soul. <laughs> That's what I told her. I was like, because you're dead inside. But um, I think that's a good note to end this. <laughs> My dead soul. Because- exactly. Well, I hope that, you know, by hearing our stories, you can kind of relate to them or kind of gain a new perspective on, you know, what it's like to be a working professional, because I know that some of you may not have may not be there yet. And we definitely want to hear your stories as well. So you should definitely email us, which will be in the descriptions, as well as, you know, if you want to tweet or Instagram us and just to share your stories, that's what bonds us. That's the whole point of this podcast. So definitely feel free to reach out to us and um, we'll continue the conversation. Yeah. And so thank you for joining us again for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. And we'll see you guys next week.